Well, hey guys, welcome to this episode of Renewed Focus. My name is Colton, and I'm really glad that you've joined us today. As I've been thinking about our faith family and coronavirus and everything that's been going on, um, and if you're and you're probably similar to me in that I've been watching social media, and I feel like I see different services pop up, different churches kind of pop up, and I've been wondering and thinking, how are our brothers and sisters in our city doing? Like, how are they? Um, how are they feeling during the season? Because I know how you guys are feeling, and you guys know how we're feeling. But how is our community feeling? And so, what I want to do today is talk to several different pastors in our community. Uh, about how their faith families are and how we can, as renewal, come alongside them and pray for them and encourage them and cheer them on um, as they seek to learn to know what God is doing in the season, when they meet again, um, all those questions that we're wrestling with, they're wrestling with also. And we're in this with them. And so as a sense of unity, um, I think it would be good for us to come alongside other fam- faith families and really just encourage them. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I've got several people with me. Um, I've got Jason Gish from First Baptist Belton. Say Hi, hello. Colton. Hello, Jason. I've got Brandon Brewer from Temple Bible Church. How's it going? Good to be here. Great. I've got Jason Goings uh, from Grace <laughs> Salado. Hey, Colton. Glad to be here. Um, well, I'm just so thankful that you guys have joined me. It's been so fun for me to like, because I know each of you personally, but it's been so fun for me to see different things pop up on social media. Um, and you guys have been a help to me. I, I know we've talked with Andy and you about what we should do as renewal. Mm-hmm. And Brandon, I called you that first week of shutdown and I said, um, are you guys meeting this Sunday? I called you for advice on what next steps we should take. And so it's been so unique in this season to just kind of one watch from afar as what other faith families are doing, but also just to talk and to share ideas. And so you guys, I just want you to know that we care about you, that you are being prayed for, um, and that my hope is that we as a community can come together in unity and say, here is who our God is. So that's the goal for today. Um, But first, I just want to get some introductions. So more than your name, Tell people what you do, um, say again where you serve, and maybe how long you've been there. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm Jason Gish, and I've been at First Baptist Belton for, I don't know, a little over a year, and I'm the missions pastor there. And this is Brandon. I'm Brandon. (laughs) Hi, Brandon. Hi, Hi, Brandon. (laughs) And I've been at Temple Bible Church for just under a year, and uh, came off the mission field to serve as the global outreach pastor. And I'm Jason Goings. I'm the pastor of Preaching a Vision at Grace Salado. I've been there about three, over three and a half years. So so just a little in- interesting tidbit. Jason, you being at Grace Salado, would that make you like our cousin? Be- How? Because uh-huh. so First Baptist is our sending church, uh-huh. and they were, oh, yeah, they yeah. were important. Right. And right. I don't know if you would call it planting grace or... They, they definitely were instrumental in the relaunch and the re okay the rebuilding of so grace. so i guess yeah. in a way grace and renewal are kind of like cousins yeah yeah hey <laughs> we're cousins so. so there we go interesting tidbit. it's pretty awesome we're not related outside of the border correct yeah tbc so, yeah. sorry you're you're that you're a friend <laughs> that's right um, a special friend. it's an honor you're that friend that comes around every now and then uh 
But one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about is shepherding. That is what a pastor is. That's what pastor means. Um, and shepherding's hard without a pandemic. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shepherding hard is hard but good. It's hard but good. And um, no one, there's not a book out. Like there wasn't a book out for this for pastors when the pandemic hit. Like here, 10 ways to shepherd in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, <laughs> However, Piper did pop one out pretty quick. He did. Pretty <laughs> he did put one out. I don't know how um, he did that. But there, there's not a manual <laughs> for shepherding when you can't Absolutely. be physically in the presence of somebody mm-hmm. and your church can't gather. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys about is um, just how is shepherding? Like you care about your people, you love your people and you want to shepherd them. God's called you to shepherd them. So how are you shepherding in this unique season? Jason, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, so one of the things that we, we got to see put into practice or that we've been tested on with this is the way we do ministry. Is it, is it helpful in all situations in life? So in the the rebuilding of grace we we made sure that small groups was pivotal yeah and so the shepherding care uh the outreach to the caring for the ministering to the needs uh, is happening through our small groups and so in a time like this yes they miss seeing my face but they really are missing seeing each other's face yeah. and it's really been that's actually been fun for me to hear mm-hmm. uh, that they miss each other. Yeah. Um, but there's also a, that, that streamlines the way we've cared for each other and shepherd each other is that I have community group leaders that are reaching out, connecting, meeting with them. The zoom meetings are smaller with smaller groups. Mm. Um, so that that's been one way the the shepherd the elders, when we get together and meet on our zoom meetings, we're missing the people, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they're missing us. Uh, they're 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 You're meeting realizing with their how groups. Not important you are. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's humbling and neat. But yeah, awesome, cool. Um, what about you guys? Any any thoughts on shepherding during the season and the uniqueness of it? Yeah, I mean, from a global outreach, we have several people planning to launch long term, and yeah. this is all delayed a lot of that. So just imagine you. You're selling everything you have, you're raising funds, and then you just have to sit, you know? And <laughs> yeah. that's been really difficult. There's a few families I can particularly think of. And strangely enough, that kind of falls on my desk, if you will. I mean, it's an honor, and we tend to think it's fun. I mean, it's it's enjoyable to see the spirit working no matter what's going on. That's not environment-based. So for this, for several families, it's been this idea of, well, if God's working there, like he's working here, like God is global, you know, mm. and so this idea of going, uh, that's not necessarily geographical. And so, uh, oh, that's, that's what comes to my mind when I think of shepherding is trying to encourage and equip these families and our people, but man, like me and my family also, and this idea of, um, we don't just pause and kind of wait for things to pick up as normal. Yeah. There's faithfulness. Yeah. Always. I mean, that's what we're called to. Yeah, one so. of the things that I've been I've been thinking about that I'm concerned with is that people will kind of just coast. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. They'll coast until the end of this. They'll check out spiritually, 
Um, they'll not engage with their pastors or home group lead, life group or whatever we call them, mm-hmm. but they want to engage with spiritual leadership or engage with the word or worship music. And then when things kick back up, they're like, okay, I guess it's time to go to church again. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God's called us to. Um, and that's not how he's called us to lead the people mm-hmm. is to just wait for this to be over. Like God's working now. Right. Because one of the great things that's happening is at least in our church and I'm would be pretty certain in many churches is, is the stripping away of the unnecessary things yeah. that we try to do to provide shepherding or and really maybe sometimes they just end up keeping people busy yeah instead of actually allowing them to have the time to be with the lord personally or to to be with their neighbor in, in a way that's important um so one of the positive aspects of COVID is just that that stripping away of things that we maybe thought were important that we're now realizing yeah. we, don't, we don't have to do that in order to shepherd somebody well. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Sure. So, Brandon, let me ask you, as you look at your missionaries, as you look at um, the people you know that you're used to seeing on Sunday, as you talk to leaders in your church and talk to different folks, how are you seeing um, God work among your people? Oh, man, it is... So that's a broad question. It's a good question. And I think a great opportunity to speak well of our people and truly of the spirit, I would say, in that immediately, I think the week of whatever we're in, quarantine, sheltering in place, or yeah. I can't remember exactly the sequence yeah. <laughs> of what happened, but at some point, the very first week where some of us were kind of thinking, oh, this is pretty drastic. Yeah. We had... And it'll um, last a couple weeks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we were already hitting pause in our heads, if I'm honest. But the we had like a spreadsheet full of people willing to do grocery runs, make meals, yeah. take people to and from the hospital, whatever, or just roll out your trash can if you didn't even want to leave your house, you know, like trying to serve everyone. And uh, then we had another spreadsheet of people that felt like they needed help. Mm. And so our local outreach guy, Tim Cartwright, connected and just started the wheels rolling on all of this. And it was a great vision by Tim, but truth, truthfully, our people were the ones that they were just active from, get, from yeah. the very get-go, to be honest. So that was really encouraging. That's, uh, you know, Spurgeon says, uh, a hungry man doesn't hear until he has bread in his hand. And mm. so thinking of all the people that are in need in the community – um, maybe physically, but also just kind of oppressed maybe by fear or yeah. judgment. I mean, I took one of my kids to the grocery store the other day and truthfully got like some harsh looks, you know, and I get it. <laughs> I get it. Maybe I was wrong. But anyway, I'm just thinking of all these things, these perceived needs in our hearts that there are needs. And so uh, I've been really encouraged by our people yeah. just being willing to serve. We did a, um, our body particularly is what I'm thinking of, but we had an online PDF that they print off and then they put in neighbors' mailboxes and it just says, Hey, if you need something, here's my contact. Yeah. Here's our live stream if you want Bible content. Uh write a letter back, we can pray for you. And it was just trying to get ways um great, to engage great. neighbors cool. and uh I'm sure we'll get to it, but just the idea of being available as neighbors is what we were yeah. talking about earlier, but also what an opportunity. I don't know. So I'm hearing two things from Jason Gish, what you said, and Brandon, what you said. As you talked about God stripping away a lot of the things that we thought we needed, 
right? And then you're talking about the people of God essentially rising up mm-hmm. and, and saying, I'm a servant. Like, this is what God has called me to do in this season, to move trash cans, to mm-hmm. pray for people, and uh, essentially a rising up of what we should already be doing, right? Um, and so it seems like we're, we're some things are being let go and some things are being added that should have been there in the first place or amplified. Or refocused. Or refocused. Yeah, that's a good word. And so what do you hope sticks in the long term? Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think we had a good friend, some good friends of ours get married and they couldn't, right? So they had, I think, maybe their best man. What's what's the girl called? Maid of Honor. Maid of Honor. Yeah. Or Matron of Honor. <laughs> Matron of Honor. And whoever, <laughs> and then someone who did their wedding, I think it was his dad. Yeah. And they had to cancel their whole event. And they did it through Zoom and then personally with those five or six people. Anyways, one of the best comments is this guy said, it's, one, it's such a great opportunity to see marriage for what it is. It's not just these fireworks and this cultural moment. There's so much more to this, mm. and it's given us an opportunity to think like that. Yeah. So I think for the church, it's very much what Jason's saying, where it's, man, I think what should stick, and even historically, if you look at these kind of things, what usually sticks is this idea of identity and where our hope is, um, and it's not in the uh, fancy shows we put on on Sunday. Mm. Um, it's truthfully like our faith and our fear of the Lord and our unity as the body. And so I want to say I hope that sticks, but I feel confident saying I know that will stick. Just yeah. is what the Spirit does. So I'm looking forward to seeing after this season the unity that we have, but um, also the, the drive that we have to take our faith seriously and our sin seriously. I think those are fruits of stuff like this. Yeah, for sure. Let me stick with you two for a second because you're, you both are quote-unquote missions Pastors, global outreach missions mm-hmm. pastor. Um, your goal is to to mobilize the church to teach them about the the global mission of God and to send them out. And this is a global virus, and we have a global God. And so, what have you or what can be learned um, from people all over the world from the missionaries that you work with? And as you think about really just how you're shepherding them during this season, because we're in quarantine just like they are, you know. Um, and I was thinking about this and I was trying to remember if at any point in the last hundred to 200 years where the church had more similar logistical struggles, you know, um, like, you know, the church in Asia can't meet at all and that's because of persecution, but now there's churches in South America and churches in Spain who Mm -hmm. they can't meet. And so we're all kind of have this same battle that's very similar, whereas, in the past, in the last hundred two years, it's kind of looked different depending on where you are, and there's still some difference there. But what can be learned as you've talked to these different missionaries? Yeah, well, one of the main things I've been telling our people is kind of with you, Colton. I can't think of another time where we've been so similar to our international partners. Yeah, meaning there's not a varsity in JV, right? But really, before this, it, there is these false barriers that we say, "Oh, yeah, but they." They know a different language. Oh, yeah, but they sold everything. <laughs> They're over there doing the God, you know, God's work, and we're here just, you know. Anyway, yeah. uh, there's some of those thoughts. But now it's everyone in the world looking out their window saying, oh, how could I talk to that neighbor? Mm. And that's what our partners have been doing for their whole careers, you yeah. know, is trying to think, how do we overcome these barriers to reach people? 
And so I think learning from, I think even in Zooming an international partner or people living internationally and just asking, hey, what are creative things you do with your family to get the neighbors to notice? Mm. Like that's an easy, yeah, very common missionary question <laughs> and everyone's thought about it. And so trying to think through those types of things, I think we can learn from each other. But then the reality is that quarantining and stuff like that has been so much stricter internationally. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a great, I would say, restriction on even family life or social life, obviously. And so we can learn from our partners um, just in how they're caring for their families, how yeah. they're sharpening, getting equipped better. I mean, the reading that some of like our friends are doing internationally, it's like amazing. Just their, <laughs> their planning for August. Yeah. It's like, man, I can't wait to, for the gate to open because we... We have content. We have all this stuff that we're ready to share. Anyway, yeah, yeah. We have a, a partner in uh, South Asia uh, who helps us engage our adopted unreached people group uh, that we that we have in South Asia. And and in talking with him, he has shared his his fear that their country will not allow their churches to regather until at least twenty twenty one. Jeez, and and. Of course, uh, like a lot of other people who, who do this type of work, we have dozens and dozens of pastors that we have been training, and and it, it's it's hard for them to overcome that mindset that the pastor does everything and they gather their church, and they kind of make their living off of the the offering that their church gives weekly, and and um, and talking with this partner of ours, um, and just dreaming about what we've been trying to accomplish, he says. Jason, you know, and in his accent, this is the perfect time to let's let's work on advancing the gospel through house churches because uh, they they cannot come together yeah. uh, as 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 a church, but they could get together in families of two and three. Yeah, and um, that's like a, a hallelujah moment that that somebody finally gets what we're trying to do. And, and what is amazing is just to see that he realizes that God is at work. Uh, despite COVID nineteen, uh, God doesn't stop working. Yeah. In fact, I'm sure His desire is is to do great and incredible things, regardless of our worldly situation. So, yeah. Uh, it's good for good to be reminded of that from Him. Yeah. It's so interesting hearing you talking about <laughs> the the struggles of the gathering or not gathering, and how are you going to do it? And it's it's here and mm-hmm. it's globally. Um, Jason Goings. So we have two Jasons here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should have given you like nicknames. Gish Goings, G J G G Dog, perfect G Dog One, G Dog Two. <laughs> you can call um, me Gish. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason Goings, um, G Dog Two. Uh, that means I'm G Dog. I'm one. You're one, Master yeah. G Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you've kind of contemplated, you, you, you know, you stopped meeting, and now we haven't talked about this, but I'm sure you're in the same boat we are. If we're asking the question, when? When do we gather again? Um, but as you've just been in this season of not gathered, right, what has God taught you or reminded you or reaffirmed in you, whatever word you'd put there, about the importance of physically gathering as a people? Well, I'll answer that sort of going back to what we were just talking about a little bit. Um, I have enjoyed the stripping away also, even with our little small church. The American cultures, we all would agree can idolize the Sunday gathering. Mm. 
too much. Like, yeah. like let's make sure the worship's good, the production's good, lighting, it's entertainment. Driven. Yeah, let's like really spend a lot of our wills and our energy on making sure what is on stage affects people. Mm. When we would all agree that what we do doesn't affect it's God's <laughs> grace that affects people. Yeah, so and Paul said, it's not with wise or possessive words, right? But it's a demonstration of the spirit's power. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so I've enjoyed our people being able to, um, realize, you know what, as much as we love gathering together, as, lo- as much as we love the corporate worship, corporate singing, corporate communion, all that kind of stuff that doesn't define my Christianity or my mm. faith. Um, uh, and like what Brandon, and Jason, uh, M Dog, G, whatever one, one was saying, <laughs> was <laughs> um, is it has been sort of a really good equalizer, uh, and I think has kind of shaken the dead leaves off the American church, mm. um, so that so that when we do gather, getting back to your question, um, I th- I think there will be something authentic. Uh, we were meeting for like an hour and a half. Um, when we start gathering, it's going to be an hour. It's going to be simplified. It's going to be because we've been sending, um, recordings. Uh, we've been recording the service and posting it online. People can, there's something that's been really pure about the hour video that they've been watching. Yeah. And so I'm hoping when we gather together in congregation, the purity of that, the expectation I'm going to get fed, I get to sing with others. Um, I think that'll be really sweet. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, is it pure? Am I coming to get entertained or am I coming to, to really sing with my brother and my sister? Mm. But, yeah, it's interesting. We had a quote-unquote members meeting a few weeks ago. And so it was the first time that really everyone had seen everyone since all this happened. Some people have seen some people in smaller settings, but I remember getting on that Zoom call and when it was over, just like my heart was empty. Like my assumption going into the call was, this is going to be so exciting. We get to get to see everyone. But then when I got off the call, I was just empty. And I just prayed about that and thought, why do I feel like this? And I think it's because I've realized, and I knew this in my head, but I've never been forced to not know it. And I've realized there's something about shepherding and needing to be in the presence of somebody, mm-hmm. like needing to be, I, mm-hmm. I can't tell you, you know, why, but just, just at least to be in their presence, to be in the same place and look them in the eye and tell them about God's love, about his providence and his purposes for them. Um, so I, I think I've been thinking about that and. Yeah. You know how um, maybe you've ever had a, a, a girlfriend or something a long nope, time ago? Never. and Yeah, I, <laughs> I understand. Kidding. And maybe y'all, y'all been apart, but there's been like a full moon. And say so maybe maybe you're 200 miles apart, but you both go outside and you look up at the full moon at the same time. And you know at that moment you're, you're both at least looking at the yeah. same thing. And that's kind of what it feels like when we worship virtually together. Yeah. We all know we're doing the same thing and we're having the same experience. But man, do we yearn to be together. Mm. Um, I spoke with a church member this morning who said the exact thing. He said, these online worship services are not right. Mm. And yeah. I was like, what, what do you mean? I thought he was like challenging the <laughs> idea that we were doing online worship services. And he ended up, it wasn't just that. He was just saying, when I'm done, I, I still have emptiness. Yeah. And because when we're together, there's just an, a spiritual exchange that happens. This is 
it's a the kingdom of God coming together in a force yeah. together and it reverberates together and when you're not physically together that just doesn't happen yeah i would i would add that i believe that is true for the congregation and i'm going to be personal and selfish here um it's okay this isn't going online <laughs> no one's going to hear this <laughs> yeah, right no, okay. no, no one listens. no one in Slato, anyway um the 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 sweetness of what's happened in my home with this and the mm-hmm. rhythm of what we've been experiencing, like we'll listen to the service, we'll sing together as a family, we'll stop it, and then we'll actually pray together, talk about what we just saw. And when I re-engage the congregation, when we're all together, I'm I'm concerned. My personal sadness will be, yes, I get to see everybody, mm-hmm. but the authenticity of of the family dynamic like I'm, I'm worried cause my daughter's graduating and she's going yeah. off and, you know, so this has just been very precious, but I think most people in the congregation is what Jason's saying yeah. is like, there's an emptiness. Me, I've been like, man, this was sweet to be with my family. Yeah. Well, uh, Colton so, asked a while ago, what's one thing you wish would stick? Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. And people taking personal responsibility for their own mm-hmm. spiritual growth yeah. and their families and men for their family. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of them right there. Yeah, um, that's a good yeah. one. So, so I don't, I don't think it's wrong for you to feel that way. No, I don't. I'm not saying it's wrong. And I I'm just, not saying you weren't doing that before. Right, but right. <laughs> it's been precious, like but, a gift yes. in a way. Yeah, for sure. And it's been a a good rhythm for the going. And you don't want to lose that. So, yeah, yeah, and in knowing it'll change. Yeah. Um, but going back to what I hope sticks is that in every church has done something. Like, how can we reach our people? Yeah. One of the things I hope sticks is we. I started doing a Bible study that I send to people who sign up for it. And so, yeah, that personal accountability to, for themselves, I'm getting into the word and, mm-hmm. and we call it burning hearts. Cause for the you guys who know me, um, that Luke 24 passage about opening up the word with people, yeah. um, causes our hearts to burn. And yeah. so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that sticks as we move forward. Yeah. So well, let me ask you this and, and I'll ask this to all of you. It's, it's kind of a big question. <laughs> Um, but as you think about believers in our city and around the world, really anyone who would hear this, um, what is one big thing that you, you want our people to know about God? Well, what's one thing that we want? Like when we say, here's what you need to know about who our God is. Okay. Yeah. Thanks Colton. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's so much you can say, but if you just boil down to maybe just what is like. Let's just, we got to always remember the, the supremacy and sufficiency of God. Is that two yeah. things? The supremacy and sufficiency? Yeah, it doesn't yeah, count. You got to pick are... one. Uh, <laughs> I, I will go with the supremacy. Of, of no, they're God. good. They're dependent. They work on together. Each other. Okay. They're interdependent. Oh, they guess. work together. But yeah, I mean, we just, yeah, God, God's got this. He's in control. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing, and we can, we can count on him. Yeah. I mean, it's a big question. I think what I first think of, is God pursues his people. Hmm. And I think there's, I think all the way even from the disciples gathering in a small room, quarantining, if you will, and then the Pentecost happens, Hmm. which is just mind-blowing. And you think about, yeah, but they weren't doing anything, you know? (laughs) Like, And we think that to get the Spirit or to please the Spirit, even some of us are convinced of, we have to be doing these things. Um, I just... I just think God pursues his people from Genesis to Revelation 
And yeah. that's that's obviously his initiative, but that's through his people. So God pursues his people through his people. Mm. And there's uh what a great reminder. Like we are the vehicle of the gospel. And so that that's what I would want people to know about God. Like, yeah, he's he's loving, he's sovereign, he's uh supreme, absolutely, absolutely, that's all over the text. Uh but he's pursuing his people and what a great gift that yeah. is for us. Yeah. Cool. So getting to go last, I get to take a little I'm, I'm going to talk to you. Oh, more, okay. Right? So good. So you get to go last. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, man, all of that's really good. And I would add, not, not say instead of, but I would add because of those two other things that were mentioned, three other things um, that, we haven't really talked about the effect on the culture and the community of losing jobs and losing mm-hmm. people. And, right. and so I, what I would say is, yeah, God is near the brokenhearted and it doesn't have to happen in a building. It doesn't have to happen with your pastor present. It's nice to have people around, but God pursues us. He's sovereign and sufficient and he wants to be near you. He wants to help you if you're having a hard time losing I mean, finding a job or yeah. you lost your friends, um, your plans have changed and been or messed up. Or you got up. sick yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Or you're sick and struggling or you're afraid. Mm-hmm. Though everybody maybe on your block is judging you for being afraid, God wants to be near you. Yeah. Uh, and and so, yeah, I think God is near the brokenhearted would be the Yeah, that's the, good. So. I should just end with that, huh? Well, you're, you get to add. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I think as I've been thinking about this, and, and I'm actually talking about this on Sunday, um, but the word that I've kind of settled on to describe this season is complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just, it's when are you going to meet again? Well, it's complicated. Uh, how do you feel about this? Well, it's complicated, you know? Like, it's just not an easy time to answer any question. And, but, and to be okay with that, but like, to, uh, well, yeah, be at peace with. I don't know all the answers. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. and here's the thing with that yeah. is that complicated is where you see God work in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Like from Genesis to Revelation, you think about the Israelites leaving um, Egypt and they go into the wilderness, you know, and they enter into this complicated season in their history. But it's there in the wilderness that God meets them. Mm-hmm. It's in the complicated. David becomes. He's told he's going to be king as a teenager, and then God sends him out into the wilderness for 10 years, and it's there that he makes him a man after God's heart. Like, time and time in Scripture, it's in the complicated seasons in life where God refines who we are. Or the—I mean, I don't know if God responds to complicatedness either. I mean, I think of, like, Moses, who seemed to be cruising pretty well after he had left Egypt— and then God yeah. makes his life complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, well, wait, but God, I was so great. Like, I, was, I was cruising. And I yeah. think of like these high school seniors, mm. college seniors, uh, mm. people going into retirement, like just, this is a, this is a monkey wrench, you know, yeah. like yeah. relationally, but there's, there's, that has nothing to do with our hope, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's in the midst of that complicated though, where he will refine us. He will meet us there. And and I'm tempted to skip to the end of the story, sure. like to cruise to the end of the story, because I know enough about God and about my what God's done in my life that I, I know that one day I'll look back and go, oh, here's what he did. Like, oh, that makes sense. But like to sit in the comp- in the middle of it and go, I'm in still, mm-hmm. you know, 
I'm, I still believe you. I'm, I'm still here. How can I serve? What can I do? Um, what can I learn? You know, like I'm in the middle. I'm not going to wait until the end to, to get it. I want to get it now. Somebody, I heard, I heard this amazing young preacher preach one time about Jonah and I was reminded, Colton, when you you said something like this, I'm going to butcher it, but the big fish was almost, the it, it was the reminder of God's grace holding us until he gets our attention. Attention, yeah. And, and then, and um, it wasn't punishment, but discipline holding us, keeping us, complicating us until we're ready to go. And, yeah. and so, and so... Anyway, it always stuck with me when you said that. So, um, yeah, I think it's a big part of COVID nineteen yeah. and our reality is he's up to he's doing something sovereign, yeah. sufficient with us. Yeah, doing it's just an interesting time to be a pastor. I mean, I've, I've talked to I've, in one day I've talked to someone who is nervous and anxious about getting sick, and I've talked to someone who is just frustrated and angry at the government. Like mm-hmm. it's it's. And there's just a spectrum of people that are fearful. There's a spectrum of people that are mad. And what I've been telling people is, like, yes, it's complicated, but God is, like, Jesus is Jesus is better. And so there's grace for people. And remember your calling as a brother or a sister to love one another. Um, so let me finish with this. Pretty simple. How can we pray for you? Like, as if as a renewal member listens to this— um, how would they pray for you during the season? Or if one of your own people listened, you know? Well, no, let's, I'll just ask the renewal. We pray for you guys. And so it's neat to know that we pray for each other as churches. And so you can pray for your cousin church <laughs> over there in Salado, the South, the South. Home of, home of J-Dog um, too. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking that. We, if you just pray that we would, um, that our hearts would burn with, you know, on fire for it. That is kind of a recurring thing that I've been praying for our people. Uh, when we gather, if we don't gather, that our hearts would burn and that our love for others um, would break down barriers and walls. Uh, we're a multi-ethnic church, which is weird for Salado. Um, <laughs> so I, I pray that the isolation, so this part of that, that isolationism that we've been forced into, that will break through that that our hearts would burn enough to love people and get back to what we did. So for sure. I would say, I mean, what comes to mind is unity. Just the, the scattered nature of trying to figure out when to come back together and there being a lot of questions and, uh, just for our elders and our body to find great unity. I mean, uh, I feel like what a great testimony of the church is to come out of a season or through a season uh, just maintaining unity and fighting for it. So, um, I don't think I would say we're not in unity. I just think that there's so much temptation to, mm. yeah, it's good, you know, like just to pull away or to not care or even to say like, yeah, well, the greatest thing we can do is probably just to be entertained together by our teaching or whatever. And I think the hope of Christ is our cornerstone and coming together just proclaiming and sharing like this is our unity and um, that's our only hope we can offer the world. So uh, specifically for TBC and then, and our people overseas that just, there's a great fight for unity would be, I think my request. Awesome. Yeah. uh, These two guys kind of stole both of what I was thinking about, but (laughs) sorry, no, but really largely uh, you did want to go last. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
should have gone first. <laughs> She's like in school. Um, no, but really, uh, just, just pray that we love people well uh, and love each other well, love our community well, uh, love fellow church as well. Mm-hmm. And just, um, yeah, that's, that's what I got. Awesome. Um, and as you guys, you can take this back to your communities. If anyone asks you about renewal or if one of your members listened to this, um, pray for us. Uh, we are trying to, we don't know where we're going to meet. I mean, we mm. don't know if North Belt Middle School is going to let us back in. And if they don't, we don't know where we're going to go. And so what I've been praying for our people is um, that they would be fully committed to God himself, not to a logistical way of doing church, but a heart-filled, spirit-driven life that looks at the people that God has called them to and the God that they serve and still say, yes, Mm. doesn't matter where we meet doesn't matter what time I'm in, not because of I like the philosophy of what we do, but I agree with who God is and the people he's called me to. So as I've been thinking about our people, that's a prayer that I've had for them is we have to be flexible with logistics because when logistics fall apart, does your faith fall apart too? Mm. What does that say about our hearts? You know, so, so yeah, if if you want to take that back to your people for us. I would appreciate that, and we would appreciate that. Absolutely. But thank you, guys. Um, One last thing, um, and you can just kind of shake your head in agreement. How sweet will that first Sunday back be? Mm. I love you guys. Um, Renewal is for you. We we are looking for God's success and God's authority Mm. and God's power being shown through you and your people. Um, and we love hearing stories and I love seeing your social media posts and just seeing what's going on. And so thank you so much for this, for entering into this calling and obedience to yeah. call the call to shepherd. Um, we love you guys and we're praying for you. Thanks. Same to you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.